Morning, church. I'm Eleanor, um, and the second Bible reading for today is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 26. And you can find that on page 946 of the church Bibles. Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Uh, Good morning once again, church. Um, For those who um, might have forgotten, I'm a bed nigger from Zimbabwe. I'm I'm glad to uh, share God's word with you uh, this morning. So why uh, can't we turn to the Lord in prayer as we um, partake of his word? Let's pray uh, together. Father God, thank you so much uh, for being with us uh, throughout the service. Thank you for um, the songs that we sang that were giving glory to you. And Lord, uh, as we have turned our ears to you uh, to listen to your word, Lord, be with us. Um, Father, may you enlighten um, every bit of the word that we'll go through today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really enjoying myself here. Uh, thank you for the welcome. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. Um, today, we are looking at um, Galatians chapter 5. Um, I'll, I'll pick from verse 13 to uh, verse 17, and, and Steve will finish the rest um, later. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul here in this uh, passage uh, is calling us uh, or exhorting us uh, to freedom. So I've entitled my message, uh, The Call to Freedom. Freedom is what everybody enjoys. We want to be free. We want a free Australia, don't we? We want a free church. We want a free home. Uh, Young, young ones want to be free. 
uh, from their parents. They don't want their parents to be uh, always looking uh, at them and, and controlling them. They want to be, to be free by themselves. Um, so freedom is, is very key in our, in our lives. But freedom in secular setting is the state of being free, not imprisoned or enslaved or restricted. So we want our freedom. Even at home, we want our freedom. At work, we want our freedom. So Paul, in this uh, passage, uh, is giving us another angle or another view of freedom, uh, which is freedom in Christ. If you read from uh, this very chapter, if you read very, uh, the first verse of the, uh, this chapter, it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So Paul is talking about freedom here. Freedom from Christ, freedom from the gospel. So Paul had preached the, uh, the gospel of freedom, the gospel of grace to the Galatians. But surprisingly, the Galatians were turning away from that gospel. They were uh, being influenced by, 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 by the Judaizers of that day uh, to turn to law, hence forfeiting their freedom. But Paul is calling them back to freedom. So in verse 13, Paul is uh, telling us what freedom is and what freedom is not. So um, look at me, uh, I mean, look with me at uh, verse 13, which says, you brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, save one another humbly in love. So the, uh, what we're going to look at firstly is um, the fact that what freedom is not. So looking at the uh, part A of this verse, Paul is telling us that freedom is not an opportunity to do the desires of the flesh. Christ did not set us free uh, to do these, to indulge in these desires of flesh which are like maybe drug and substance abuse, sexual immorality. Um, I think you, you name it. There, there are lots of examples that we can talk about uh, in terms of freedom. So Paul is saying, this is not the freedom that Christ gave us. That, that reminds me, when I was still growing up, when I was still a teenager, um, when my parents would leave uh, or visit for, for a weekend out, uh, we were left at home and would say, we are free. We thought we were free to do whatever we wanted to do, uh, free to, to watch whatever movies we would want to watch, uh, free to invite all those friends, you know. Uh, but that was freedom to our own peril. Freedom not to read books. Freedom not to study. So we, we took freedom the wrong way. And when you talk freedom the wrong way, uh, that is going to backfire. 
uh, on you. So Paul is giving us uh, that warning uh, not to take freedom the wrong way, but uh, to take freedom positively. Um, so the other part of this verse, uh, Paul is telling us um, that we were called to be free and to save one another in humility. Wow. So freedom uh, is at the heart of the gospel, and it is not a side benefit of being a Christian. So generally, being a Christian uh, is freedom in its own. It's not a side benefit of it. So we were liberated from sin. We were liberated from the Jewish law. So Christ gave us this freedom. And it is by grace that we are free indeed. So Christ gave us this freedom by dying on the cross for us, uh, by taking sin away from our lives, um, by subduing the human nature, the sinful nature in our lives. So the word flesh in this passage does not only refer to this, to this body, but it refers to the sinful nature um, that uh, was in us. So we were free. Uh, Christ gave us the freedom, gave us the power uh, to subdue this sinful nature uh, with his help, of course. We can't do it on our own. We need Christ. So verse uh, 13b, we have been given the freedom to save others. Um, read with me uh, this verse. Rather, save one another humbly in love. So we have been called uh, to save. So the freedom from sin, the freedom uh, from uh, the control of the human nature uh, takes us to a higher level uh, where believers um, are doing something very special in terms of service, and that is saving one another. It takes us to a higher level than simply opposing the human nature. It takes us to the level of saving one another in love. It takes us to the level of saving one another in humility. Jesus was happy to save, and Jesus was happy uh, to give himself to others. Um, he's a very good model to us today. When you look at John chapter 13, um, from verse 1 onwards, you see Jesus saving his disciples, washing their dirty, stinking feet. You know, he took that low position. The, the, I mean, that was the job of the least servant in any household to wash uh, the feet of others. Jesus took that and he saved. Remember, Jesus was God. Remember, Jesus was king, but he derolled and began to save. He saved his disciples. Brothers and sisters, let me encourage you to save one another in love and in humility. Regardless of where you come from, regardless of uh, your title or your position in church, 
or your position in society, de-raw and serve one another in, in, in love and uh, in humility. So this was a lovely example that Jesus gave us. And in Luke chapter 22, verses 24 to 27, you can take uh, note of that and read later. But in that uh, part of scripture, he gave us an exhortation to serve. He said, he who wants to be great must save others. Um, you can't be great by being saved, but you can be great by being um, a servant, serving others. So serving should not be done uh, out of duty um, at church or at home, but it should be motivated by love. Love for, the, for our church, love for my friends uh, here in church, love, love, love is the key word uh, that Paul is, is really using. So it's not like, oh, I'm on duty to save today, so I'm going to save. No, it's out of love that you need to save um, the church, saving one another, uh, loving one another. Um, Jesus, in John chapter 13, verse uh, 34 to 36, Jesus talks about um, a new commandment, um, which Paul is talking about here from verse 14 and verse 15. He says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, you will be destroyed by each other. So, from the Old Testament, God says, love your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your, you know, everything. Love your God. Um, and he also says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, for us to love and serve, we really need to be free to implement this commandment in our lives. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. We need to do that. So the whole, the whole law is uh, summed in that. Jesus tells us in John chapter 13, verse 34 um, to 36, he says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you really love one another. This is Jesus telling his disciples, telling us too to love one another. And this is what Paul is talking about in verse 15, that we need to love one another. Love, uh, loving one another will compel us to serve one another in humility. 
Uh, so you can see that everything is just built around love, loving one another, loving one another. Uh, let me ask you a few questions that you need to think about and that I'm also thinking about. Is it possible to love God yet having nothing to do with my neighbor? Is it possible to love God but I have nothing to do with my, with my neighbor? Can I claim that I love God? I can't. Is it possible to love my neighbor yet have nothing to do with God? Can one say they love God yet they don't save him? Can one say they love their neighbor and yet they don't save them? So you see, everything revolves around loving God and loving your neighbor. So if you love God, if you love your neighbor, then it is that love that compels you to save God. It is that love that compels you to save your neighbor. So friends, this golden rule is very important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, that is really uh, something that we really need to look at. When we, leave, when we received Christ, we received him as a whole, and his selfless nature became part of us. So that selfless nature should be exhibited here at St. Barnabas. It should be exhibited in our community. It should be exhibited even at our workplace. That selflessness, giving myself to others, giving myself to my family here at church, to my, uh, my churchmates, to my uh, family members at home, uh, even to my workmates at, at my workplace. That selflessness should be exhibited. Are we saving yet St. Barnabas? Are we saving each other? Are we saving others at home? Are we saving others in the community? Let God's love shine in us and through us when people see us serve. Well, how is that possible? How is it possible to love God? How is it possible to love my neighbor? How is it possible to serve? Here at church, it is only possible by walking by the Spirit. Let's uh, look at verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So the Spirit... Remember when Jesus Christ uh, was um, about to go, if you read John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, Jesus tells us that I will send another counselor with the Holy Spirit to be with us, to live in us forever. You know, I like that, that, that promise. And that promise is true. For you, it's true for me. The Spirit is in us. We have received the Holy Spirit in our lives. So Paul here is saying, walk by the Spirit, and you will not uh, gratify the desires 
of the human nature. So the verb walk here in this passage is in present tense, meaning it's something that we need to be doing every day. Walk, 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 walk by the Spirit. It is a habitual way of life. And when you look closely, this verb is in imperative mood. So it's like a command. Walk by the Spirit. So this leaves you and me with no choice but to simply obey and walk side by side by the Holy Spirit. But what does it really mean, walking by the Spirit? It means being controlled by the Holy Spirit. It means being guided by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it means being led by the Holy Spirit. So friends, if we, you and I, allow the Holy Spirit to take control of us, if you and I allow the Holy Spirit to guide me, to guide you, to direct us, we will love one another. We will serve one another. We will not indulge in the desires of the flesh. We will be separate from the worldly things. That is, if we allow the Holy Spirit uh, to take control of you and me. Let me ask you a simple question. Are you walking by the Spirit? Are you doing what the Spirit desires you to do? Or are you walking by yourself? Doing everything that you please? Paul here is saying, walk by the Spirit. I like Jesus Christ. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to serve. Jesus was able to love. Jesus was able to give himself to you and me as an atonement for our sin. He was selfless in nature. Friends, let me encourage you to give yourselves to others here at St. Barnabas. Save one another. Love one another. Save in humility, not out of duty or out of pride, but save in humility. Christ honors that. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together with my friends as we are learning under your feet and as you exhorted us through your Apostle Paul to serve 
love each other. Lord, help us. We can't do it on our own, but Lord, we need you to help us. We need you, Lord, to, um, to lead us and guide us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, friends.